everyone, and welcome to The Art of Podcasting, episode 34, Podcasting for a Living, recorded December 16th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. You like that, how I made sure it was obvious that it was a question there? For a living, I actually became sort of a soprano for just a moment there. <laughs> no comment. I haven't introduced you to that, so you can't That's comment. right. All right. Uh, not my silent partner in the show is, as always, James, the Professor Messer of ProfessorMesser.com. Hiya, James. How you doing? So so this episode is is an interrogative. Yes. Not inter- interrogatory, even. Not an interrogation, well, though. Well, we don't know that yet. Well, it's, what do you have in mind? I'm a little frightened now. Well, I don't know, but you're the one that brought it up, so there you are. So this week we're going to have a, a, an honest discussion about the prospects of making a living out of podcasting or podcasting for a living. Uh, we've talked in the past about making money off of your podcast, and we've, uh, you know, we've had some other sort of circuitous discussions about huh? uh, income and uh, and and how podcasting can make you money. But we want to talk about being a full time podcaster for money. And the viability of that, uh, and this discussion started by well, it's it's a it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. As I've mentioned before, you know, I, I'm I would like for this to be the the career from which I eventually retire. So I, I you know I want it to be my full time vocation at some point. Uh, but also, I've seen a lot of discussion on on Google Plus and in other places about. Um, this topic there's there it's sort of the wild west right now in internet media not just podcasting but internet broadcasting uh and there's a million uh people doing a million different things and only a few of them are going to succeed in in huge ways and there may be you know a lot of them that succeed in small ways so anyway um just wanted to talk about that sort of uh, sort of stuff. But before we go too much farther, I have a little uh, circle back about our show about uh, transcripts. Oh, do tell. Yes. Uh, in that show, we mentioned two ways, uh, and I've already forgotten the service that you mentioned, James. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was uh, a certain amount, X number of free minutes a month, and then you right. pay more. Well, I tried my first show uh, the, the next week after that, and that X number of minutes happens to be 60 minutes a month. And I don't have a show that's under an hour ever. Ever. So, so I couldn't even get one show to test it. And uh, the if you want to buy more, the numbers rise dramatically. Of they course, go up pretty quick. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rise from zero pretty quickly anyway. But uh, the next uh, step was on the order of $100 a month. That's just, just not something I was willing to do. So I went the Google, uh, YouTube closed captioning route. Yes. And, uh, so I, first I had to, to take my, uh, my audio file, my MP3 and convert it to a video because YouTube doesn't accept MP3s. Correct. So I just put a logo of the, you know, the show logo, uh, cover art there and converted that. And then I uploaded that and then it cranked on it for, it took over, I don't know how long it took, but it was the next morning before I checked it again. It was, it was some time later. And so then I downloaded the closed captioning file, completely unusable. I could have laid a ferret on my keyboard and gotten more accurate uh, transcription than I got from uh, YouTube. 
Which, by the way, not a horribly bad thing because ferrets are kind of cool. Yes, but um, uh, considerably messier. So you don't have any of the text for us to laugh over? No, I didn't even. It was it was oh. it was unusable. I, I didn't save it. There was there's comedy gold there somewhere. Yeah, and I, I you know I considered that, and I expected the first ninety seconds or so where there's the music going. I thought the music would mess it up, so I, I kind of expected that to be rough. But no, I mean out of a out of a sixty five or seventy minute show, eight percent of the words were usable, and those were mostly mostly when I said uh, it got that right every time. Seems a little low. <laughs> a little, a little low. Uh, so anyway, it was uh, it was not something that I could use. So I'm still on the hunt for a transcription solution that is affordable and and feasible. Sure. I mean, clearly, and slave labor is the way to go. You know, I just, yeah, I don't think the I don't think you get both of those things myself. From, right. from everything I've looked at, you can have something that that is something you can use. And you can have something that is cheap, but you cannot have both of those things. What is it? You can have good, fast, and cheap. Pick two. Sort of like that, yeah, in this particular case. Yeah, and I, yeah. I wouldn't mind if it took a month. You know, I, we could always throw it up there later, but uh, I don't think there's any technical solution that's going to do it. It's going to have to be a human or a well-trained monkey. One of the two. One of those things. Uh, so how are things? Uh, you got uh, um, new stuff going on you you by this point you should have new floors and a new power outlet there are new circuits yes i do from a follow-up from last week is i have both of those things the new floors um were completed uh, minutes before this podcast was recorded <laughs> nice so it has been uh, quite a fantastic weekend um and one of these days i'm looking forward to enjoying them um in my studio earlier in the week i had some nice gentlemen come and and uh, put some additional power in my studio because i'm planning big things i tell you big things but i can't do any of those big things unless i have more power so i had two additional 20 amp circuits installed into the studio they are dedicated nothing else is going to go on those except the thing that is coming in the future dum 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 Indeed. Where I am now in a rented home set up in the basement, there is one, one outlet in the basement that also happens to run the outlets in the garage and half of the ones in the kitchen. So uh, wow. at this okay. point, when I want to podcast, I have to unplug the refrigerator. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's not quite that bad, but I have to... Uh, there, there are a certain, uh, series of steps that can't happen at the same time. Like you can't have the microwave going at the same time that the deep freeze decides to kick on while I'm recording a show. If, if those three things happen at once, it power goes away. Well, that was one of the challenges I had is that I knew what was on these circuits, just like you do, but the challenge was doing the math on how much wattage I was really going to need and calculating everything up from every device I was wanting to either put on that circuit or, or acquire for these circuits. Um, 
and, and add them up. It was interesting how many things on the net, how many devices you're ready to buy a new piece of equipment. They don't even tell you on the internet where you can put all of this information out there for free. Uh, they don't tell you how much power some of these things take. And so I would go to their support link. I'd send a message in. I'd open a ticket. I'd do the formal things. And it would take days to get that information back. So finally, I, I had a nice uh, Google Docs spreadsheet. I started filling things in. And that's where I finally figured how much it was going to take. So if you're, if you are in a studio like that, or you're building a place for you to do your podcasting or shoot videos or create content on its own, it might be worthwhile going through your computer system, the audio equipment you're using, your mixer. If you have additional compressors you're using, just add all of these things up, including your internet modem and your routers and all of these other pieces, because they do add up after a while just to see how much wattage is there? And in my case, I, I, uh, I had quite a bit. So I called a licensed electrician to come and take care of all of this for me. Yeah, I have some experience with this from my, you know, previous day job as as a network engineer. And, and we did, uh, you know, we did our own rollouts of, of things as often as possible. And uh, you don't want to cheap out on that. For example, you might think, um, I just need to replace the 20 amp circuit in my breaker with a 40 amp circuit in my breaker and problem solved. Uh, no, and, and I can speak from personal experience. That's a bad thing because if you start running more than 20 amps of electricity through standard household wire, uh, you exceed the rating for that. It heats up and can cause a fire. And I will not comment on how firsthand my experience is regarding that, but I will say that I know that to be true. Let's not do that part. So definitely get somebody who knows what they're doing licensed to do such to come in and take care of that. It's, I always see the, I always watch the, the home shows on, on HDTV and those types of channels. If I'm flipping around and there's always somebody tearing apart a house and under the wall is this rat's nest of electrical cables where they had their cousin come in and take care of the electricity for them. That's, that's not what you want to have done. Make sure you have somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, two things you should always leave to the professionals are plumbing and electricity because both of them can ruin your day quickly. Indeed. Don't go like that. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the actual topic of the show, I, uh, before we go any farther, I want to make a quick distinction um, that I think will set the tone of the whole show. All right. When we talk about uh, podcasts and revenue, um, there are two different avenues people can go down, and they're often used interchangeably, and they shouldn't be. Uh, and one is making a living from your podcast. That's that's step one. That is that your podcast is what you do and what brings in the money. And we'll we'll break these down in a little more detail a little later on. The second is making a living with your podcast, meaning your podcast is a a tool in your arsenal of income generating uh, uh, tricks. So you have you have one where it's a one-trick pony, your podcast is everything, and the other one where the podcast is an overall part of your income strategy. Uh, and, and often people just say, how do I make money podcasting? And they don't know, and you ask them that question, where do you want to make money from your podcast or do you make want, want to make money with your podcast? And they don't know the answer to that. So when we begin the concept uh, or the conversation about monetizing a podcast, you need to know which of these two you're going to go, and, and certainly it can be a combination of the two. But in the end, one of the other is going to win out. And uh, 
and we'll talk a little more about that later on. But we do have some some news of the week um, that is germane to what we're talking about. Uh, not Swiss, but germane. Um, and uh, <laughs> I love the looks I get from James when I do that. He's a, he's a comical fellow. Um, a fellow by the name of Jason Calacanis, not everybody's going to know that name, but some people will, has decided he is shutting down um, his... Uh, this week in series of podcasts. Would you like to discuss that a little bit, James? This is uh, uh, quite a story, and and Jason Calacanis in itself has been a, a a entrepreneur of of many ilks on the internet who's done exceptionally well with uh, with trends, exceptionally well with startups, understanding the pulse of what's going on in technology. Uh, some of the the presentations and speeches that he has given to different groups are on YouTube. And it's worth watching a few of those just to get a feel for how he thinks about the the enterprise and monetization and the trends that are out there and how to take a startup from the very beginning and do some things with it. He has been exceptionally successful in building companies up from nothing and making something out of them. And, uh, and not all of them have been breakout successes in fact one of the the good examples what we're going to talk about today is something he gave gave a shot and it was not the success he had hoped for although if you read his blog entry um, there's so much you learn about these processes going through them and i can i can feel for what he is doing because i've had things that i have done in this enterprise before where i've tried to make a go of it i've tried things like subscription-based podcasts i've tried uh, other methodologies, other mechanisms to monetize podcasts that did not go well. Um, and, and it, you learn every time you do it. But the, the story this week is that, um, for, uh, this latest venture of his is, is a thisweekin.com podcast network. So we had a number of this week in and one was startups this weekend. And you fill in the blank of, of the podcast you want to do. And he tried a lot of different types of podcasts. Ultimately, his This Week in uh, Startups was really the only hook, the only one that really grabbed on and did anything. He went out and got funding for this. He had people who were investors in this. And I think he got about $300,000 of money for people to put into this. And he got cameras and lights and and was working with uh, with people to to run his video switching. He had a crew and a staff handling all of these things and, and producing an audio and all of those editing things that you must have to make something like this really go. So he, he really did a nice go of it. And his podcasts were quality. He had great video. He had great audio. He's a good host of all of these things. He had all the things you need to make something like this happen. Um, and it's interesting that this week, of course, he said, well, you know, we made a go of it and this did not work out for us. Um, this, this is one of the challenges that, that anybody runs into with podcasting because he had things like this week in music and web design and venture capital. And it, it the problem was just the dollars, just breaking even to produce all of this information. He has a blog post and we'll maybe put it in the, in the show notes. I don't know. We'll sure. We'll stick some, okay. We'll stick something in there. And, and one of the things I found interesting about his blog entry is he turned it around. He says, here's what we did. Here's the ideas in my head. I went 
through to to create this business, um, which is interesting to read in itself. If you are an aspiring podcaster, you should absolutely read this ideas of what he has with building out a startup company. And then he started thinking about what's what's it going to take to make podcasting work. And this was the sobering part of his blog entry because he really stepped through who's making money with podcasting. He says there's there's a there's a handful of folks, not even a handful, maybe maybe a couple of handfuls, but that's about it. Um, you've got the Leo Ports and Adam Carollas and Kevin Pollocks and Kevin Roses. He listed these folks out, mentioned these guys can podcast. They're they're they are people that other people want to watch. And he talked about what could you do with that? It's one of the same challenges that people who are in radio broadcasting have, people who are in television broadcasting have, people who are a personality, they have a show. Um, when they leave, it's not the same show anymore. Um, in, in, in my lifetime, there was, there was the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson that changed to the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. They are different shows with different people. The, the numbers changed when that happened. Um, the, and, and one can question whether the successes stay the same, go up, go down. That's, that's just the nature of the beast. When the personality leaves, the show changes. And he mentions that in here. So he said, boy, we could really do something if we got all these personalities together. We could have a heck of a podcast network with all of these people in it. But that's, that's relatively impractical for many different reasons, logistical and personalities and all of those things that have to make something like that happen. That's what you need to build out a company that needs to have the success of what investors want, which is multi-million dollar profits or, or multi-million dollar revenue, which ultimately goes um, to, to much more profits. It's hard right, to get it up. That's an important point there. We are talking about uh, the economy of scale. Uh, Jason yeah. Calacanis is already a millionaire, and he's not going to do anything that's going to make him a million dollars. He's interested in making millions of dollars. That's what investors do. So that's what he's talking about. So if you're uh, like myself, podcasting out of your basement, the idea of making a million dollars sounds pretty darn good. Uh, and you, I would certainly consider myself a success if I had an annual revenue of a million dollars. Sure. Um, but he's talking about competing with NBC, you know, and having getting into the millions and billions of dollars, and and the fact that podcasting by his estimation, is never going to be a, quote, big thing. Everybody's tried this this year, it seems. Um, we know that the Discovery Channel made acquisitions of themselves this year for video podcasting. We know that uh, YouTube put in a massive amount of money. Google put a huge amount of money into building out their own self-produced content. Some of it did fabulous. Some of it did not. That's about year old. They renewed a, a good chunk of it. They did not renew another good chunk of it. So they even they're trying to figure out what is it going to take. When you get up to that scale that is so massive, it's so much more difficult to make this work. You're ultimately falling back on the old school of producing content for television or producing content for radio. And it, unfortunately, the Internet is a really tough place to do that because you don't have a dial full of channels and a limited amount of choices. You have any choice in the world you can right. take. And that's that's the piece that I find is most interesting because I think podcasting and the way that it's going to work going forward is going to be the smaller one person personality 
configurations, these startups that are going to be a person because you don't need a million dollars to live. You need, you need a certain amount of money. And in some cases, a significantly less than a million dollars a year to be able to feed your family and clothe them and be able to put a roof over your head. Those are the real things an individual worries about the most. Do I have insurance? Am I able to pay my bills every month? You know, you don't need an, a remarkably million dollar in venture to be able to make that happen. Would it be nice? Sure. Be great to do that. But as we can see, people who have done this their entire lives and are who specialize in starting up companies are finding making podcasting a big business is extremely difficult. And, and, and I can attest that making podcasting a small business or at least content production a small business can be extremely viable. Maybe that's what the industry needs. And I think the 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 report that came out this past week about Jason redirecting his efforts was a really good example of that. Yeah, and it, you you could break it down, take it out of this industry entirely, take it out of the entertainment industry, and and let's talk about hardware stores. There are only a few um, Home Depot and Lowe's, but there are lots and lots of Bob's Hardware and stuff. And Bob makes a living and has for three generations uh, fed his family and raised his children selling hardware out of a, a you know a, a 1600 square foot shop on the corner of town and so that's you know that's the 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 small town the everyday podcasters and then there's some guys in between there's um ace hardware that's regional uh you know uh, maybe not national but certainly regional and and they're smaller and and those are the guys who are are, are making you know lots of money on it it's an industry out of it and then there's the multinational mega corporations who are doing it and there's room for all of those and and if you decide that you're going to start out being home depot you will be sadly disappointed unless you are just you know justin bieber got lucky and became famous overnight you know if you're if you're the justin bieber of podcasting then then great but there's only been one right <laughs> this is just not going to happen to a lot of people uh, people you know we've mentioned leo laporte he started out with uh you know thousands of viewers and people look at that and say well look he he started out well he started out with thousands of viewers after he'd been on the radio for 20 years and on television for 10 years so you know he he built up all of that uh, the skill of course as a podcaster but the audience the following when he left tech tv and became twit um he he took a lot of people with him so it, it when you start comparing yourself to um you know kevin rose or or leo laporte you're probably making the wrong comparison and you need to start looking at a different way uh to to see yourself and your business and and you certainly want to work up to that that's that's the goal, right? That's the American entrepreneurial goal is to be as big as possible and to take over the world with your with your uh, sidekick pinky. But it's not always going to work out that way. In fact, most of the time it won't, and that doesn't mean you're a failure. I I wonder how much how many legs podcasting really has. I I'm not saying that podcasting is now uh, destined to fail. That the end of podcasting is nigh. But I'm finding that there are so many other outlets for creating content and getting in front of people. And we've seen this with these crazy statistics that we're seeing because those kids today, when they want to hear music, they go to YouTube. What? That's videos. Nope, that's music. When they right. want to hear the latest song, they go to YouTube. And, it, and, and we're seeing a shift, certainly, 
in revenue that can be get gathered from somebody who's producing content because podcasting yes it's an it's a primarily audio a type of content creation but it could certainly be video but we're seeing a lot of people shift over to youtube as the way they do everything why go to google i could just go to youtube and look that up i'll if i need any type of how to i go to youtube if i want to find content about pick your favorite topic i can just go to youtube and find that information so it's it's now becoming that that easy place you go to which has a limited number of channels but it really doesn't that you can now turn to the channel you would like to see and it's as easy as using your radio it's as easy as using you, the the keys to, to move to the channels on your television and perhaps in many cases even easier right and so you and i have both created quote-unquote networks you know you have messer studios there and you have uh, aggregated uh, a, a variety of content. In your case, it's all you. Yep. It's it's you're the you're the face and the voice of Messer Studios. But you have a variety of content for uh, um, a variety of, of people within a very narrow niche. Yes. Um, and I have you know Element Op Productions. That's my production company. And and at this point, I am the voice and the face. Sadly, this is as good as it gets of, of Element OP Productions. This is, you know, I have other shows that I do with other people, but I'm on every show and I'm the anchor of it. And uh, I don't uh, have ambitions of being CBS. You know, I, I, I don't, but I would like to be the corner uh, hardware store that's fed his family for two generations doing what he enjoys. So you know that's that's where you where you go from. Uh, did you want to talk about this other article from Tech? Uh, excuse me, uh, it's on Squarespace. Uh, the moderate success is the enemy of breakout success. That one is the one from Jason himself, and oh, then okay. the the one from uh, TechCrunch that we'll put in the notes was referencing Jason's blog entry. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I, although it may be a good time to say that uh, along those lines, where everything that Messer Studios do, does today is my face and my name, I'd like to announce the new Messer Studios Alpaca Farm. So <laughs> we're we're working hard to build the the next generation within. Messer Studios. Stay tuned. Not only some of the finest cashmere on the market, but excellent steaks as well. One one can always diversify. <laughs> uh, so now we'll we'll dive into a little bit to, to the distinction I've made uh, from making a living from your podcast versus making a living with your podcast. So we'll start uh, about the first one: making a living from your podcast. That means that your podcast, uh, in this case, this show is is this is what i do okay so i have i have a network at, at this point i have five shows on the network uh and that's what i'm going to do i'm not going to do anything but podcast i'm going to come to this mic uh several times a week and i'm going to have conversations and i'm going to put all my eggs in this basket they're really uh, james may come up with some others but the way i broke it down there are really only three ways to make money off of that um you can have paid subscriptions you mm -hmm. give me money you get my content uh, and that can work, but the growth potential, you, you, you generally start out at the top and go down is kind of how that curve usually works. Uh, the, the, that's the, how, how the history, the short history of, of online content has proven to be. You're, you, it's, it's, a, it's a small market when you start charging for content. And it's a specific kind of content usually. It's someone who has a, a set of skills or a bit of information that's very, very hard to find online. They are experts in what they do, and 
they create content that someone really, really wants to see. And it can be a small niche, but it's content that someone must, must want to see. It's, it's hard to do this for a uh, let's round up the news of the week kind of show. Right. But it's very easy to do it for for uh, podcasts that do things like uh, review or train on how to use certain types of software or let me show you how to make better videos. And I'll do something every week and you can watch those videos, but it's going to cost you. Right. And uh, I've often said that I don't bring anything to the, to any of my shows that you can't find anywhere else. The only thing I give you is me. Yep. And so I would have to decide that me, my uh, uh, my personality and my thinking is worth your money. And, and, you know, there are people for whom that is true. There are personalities who sell their content and do not make it available. Uh, but they're, they're very small. Uh, it's, it's a very small number of people who are going to get away with that. So I would say... That's just, it's, it's not a viable market for most people. If you are, you're going to know you are. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. But if you know what nobody else knows and you are the foremost expert in something, then you might be able to get, get away with it. But if that's the case, we'll talk about the, the next step. You might actually be, be able to make a lot more money with your podcast than from your podcast. Uh, the next one is a sponsorship. Now, people often get confused between sponsorship and advertising. So I'm going to break those down because those are my two things. Sponsorship is um, somebody pays you to do your show. You, it's not so much an ad, but they're paying you to do your show. So I would come on here and say, welcome to the Art of Podcasting brought to you by um, Borax. Uh, we get your house cleaner than anyone else. And that's it. I would not have any other advertisers on the show the borax would pay me a salary essentially or buy my shows um this is the way hbo does things so if you're a fan of game of thrones game of thrones is bought by hbo they for you know this is that's really not a good analogy but uh it, we're gonna kind of make it work so that's uh uh they're they're the <laughs> there you go night star in the chat room benford tools tim the temp toolman taylor brought to you by benford tools that's an excellent one that's a that was an outlet for benford tools and and probably most of our audience is too young to even know what that is i have so. a benford tools t-shirt awesome absolutely awesome. i support i support that company all the time <laughs> uh but that's a good one so like uh if you're you know if you're a handyman and your show is about fix it stuff then you know uh snap on might sponsor you and and you will mention their products and you will mention their their company but you're not going to do ads for them uh sponsorship is is fairly rare but not unheard of uh but there there are um like uh as mitch hedberg said about the the late great mitch hedberg the comedian said about being a passenger in a nascar and just irritating guys one of the things he mentioned was wow you must really like tide <laughs> um one of one of my uh, a friend of mine's favorite podcasts is called the two plus two poker cast and it is it's a podcast about poker but it, it is uh sponsored by a specific company so you know that's that's an example there it's a sponsorship it's not yep. an advertisement and the second one is advertising so i'm going to sell spots on my show you buy a 30 second or a minute or in the case if you're um, audible.com and you're on Leo Laporte show, you buy a 20 minute, uh, spot. Um, and that means that I take, I stop doing what I'm doing 
I'm, I'm doing the show now. Now I'm going to stop doing the show, and I'm going to talk about Netflix for 30 seconds. And I'm going to tell you how awesome Netflix is. When that 30 seconds is over, I'm going to stop talking about Netflix, and I'm going to move on. Are they now? They're, they're now an advertiser? I had no idea. This is great. Who knew? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. That oh. was my pro bono. I'm going to send oh, this as a demo reel to them. Um, but don't you think advertising really is for, for the vast majority of podcasters? This really is the most viable method of at least beginning that revenue stream. Absolutely. It's, it's, the, it's going to be the starting point. Yeah, and again, this is making money from your podcast, where your podcast is the only revenue stream you have. Advertising is, is really it. It's, it's really the only thing in the market right now. Subscriptions can work, but by and large don't work. Um, sponsorships, um, companies are rarely interested in doing that anymore. You know, that was uh, back in the days of live television, that was a big thing to do. But that model has, has given way to the advertising model. So that's what people are going to do. And, and you're going to chase down advertisers and you're going to promise them uh, X number of listeners. So you got to bring, you got to bring um, data to them that says, I can prove to you that 5,000 people tune into this show, download this show every week. And for 5,000 uh, listeners, I expect you to pay me um, $80 for every uh, 30 second spot I do. This is just the painful uh, catch-22, of course, uh, of podcasting, is that to be able to have a viable, financially viable podcast, you need to have advertisers, and you can't have advertisers until you have listeners, but I can't have a podcast until I have an advertiser, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly, which is why you start out of your basement using equipment that you bought uh, from musician's friend for no money at all. Sure. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's, that's where I am. And, and I have not pursued advertisers. In fact, I have turned away advertisers uh, because I didn't believe in their product and I didn't think it was a good fit for my audience. I've had a couple of people approach me and offer me not much money. You know, uh, my, my, I've said many times, my integrity is for sale. If you offer me enough money, I will sell your, uh, your portable murder device, you know, what, whatever, whatever I, you, I can be bought. I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, at this point, no, no, uh, I have not pursued any advertising and no advertisers that I thought were worth it have pursued me. So I'm in this situation where I'm putting anywhere from 30 to 50 hours a week into this podcast network. So it's a second, sec- essentially a second full-time job that I'm doing for free um, in the hopes that later it will pay off. In some ways, we do sort of have some advertising that we do on this, but instead of it being something where we are contracting directly with an advertiser, we're taking advantage of the affiliate programs that are in place for certain advertisers. And Amazon is just a very good example of that because Amazon has every product you would ever need in the world, especially considering that the holidays are coming up, Mark. Uh, So... (laughs) And that's that's where you plug, you know, you stick your plug in right there in the middle of your podcast saying, so absolutely visit elementopi.com slash Amazon. I think that's the right link. And that, yes. that takes you to Amazon. So that type of thing can be a revenue stream without necessarily contracting with someone else or having a financial agreement with a third party, but would still be a way to to make revenue directly and in some cases indirectly from the podcast. 
Right, and that's known as affiliate marketing, which is different than advertising, uh, but not directly. It's it's referral. So I'm going to refer someone to you, uh, and you're going to give me money for said referral. In case of Amazon, I get somewhere between one and five percent of your purchase. Doesn't cost you one and five one to five percent more. You cost you exactly the same. In fact, your shopping experience is is identical. You just get a little cookie in your browser that um, if you look at something today, if you go back and buy that anytime in the next three days, I get credit for it. The cookie expires after three days. So uh, that's that's how that works. And that is and and people can make a living off of just affiliate marketing and doing nothing else. Sure. And uh, there are know. there are entire. Um, uh, programs and, and websites on the internet dedicated to finding you products that make sense for you to sell through affiliate means. And there are internet marketing systems in place that go beyond just podcasting. It really is is a different world into itself in many ways, but it does have some financial viability. And uh, so that's, uh, th- there's really, uh, those are four things there. Um that the the way I see it now, I may be oversimplifying things, but the way I see it, that's the only way um, you could make money directly from your podcast. Yeah, and and they're all they're really all one model, and that's somebody paying you to do it. Uh, it's the third party payer system. We we're familiar with it all all over the place. If you've ever watched a sporting event of any kind, you've seen a beer ad. All right, the what? beer company is paying for you to be able to watch the football game. It's third-party payer. Um, when you watch a, a, a television commercial and, and an ad for Ivory Soap comes on, Ivory Soap is paying for you to be able to watch that TV show. TV, TV is expensive. It costs a lot of money. And uh, nobody is charging you for it. Even you, know, you might say, well, I pay for cable, cable or satellite. Well, you're paying for the, the connection. The content is free, uh, with the exception of maybe something on Showtime, where there are no ads, but you're paying a fee for it. So it's uh, there's there's that's the only way to do it. You can either make people pay you directly, or you can make somebody else pay you to provide your content. And it's a viable option. It's out there, um, but it's a it's a it's a narrow and limited in its scope. But if all you want to do is podcast, you want to sit in a chair behind a desk with a mic in front of you, and do nothing but podcast. Those are your options. And the podcasters who have been remarkably successful. Uh, that is really in in most of those cases their primary revenue stream, and in some cases their only significant revenue stream. They aren't even trying other revenue streams. Right. Yeah, I mean, with the the big ones we, we've mentioned earlier, Leo Port makes uh, eighty to ninety percent of his money off of advertising. He does other things. He has affiliate. He's got a an Amazon link as well. He's got those things, but but advertising, people paying him money to talk about their stuff on his show is the way he makes money. So when I say it's not viable or it's viable, it's certainly he's, you know, he's public about his, his company. He has uh, striving for revenue of $8 million in the year 2014 or 2013. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's certainly a viable business and it works out well. But as Jason Calacanis has said, you gotta be a Leo to get that. Mm -hmm. So you gotta make yourself a Leo essentially. And there's still a lot of room in the world today. Uh, podcasting is still in its infancy. It's a nascent market. I really believe that. Uh, still, the vast majority of people in the world don't know what a podcast is. And the people who do, you know, if you go to uh, iTunes, I just did, did this just this week. 
I went to uh, several of the top directories uh, that track podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, Blueberry. I did several, and I just looked in the tech category. Leo dominates them all. He's sure. got he's got like of the top one hundred. Uh, he's got ten shows in the top one hundred. You know, he owns that that category. But um, you know, it's because he was who he was when he started. It's because he's hired top notch people. Uh, to work with him, and it's because he got a jump on it. He's been doing it six or seven years now. He got he was a proto podcaster. So, th- for every person like him who tries to get on, and if you if you go to the uh, uh, say the the podcast community on Google Plus that that we mentioned uh, before, and James mentioned it last week, and I, and I've been around on it, you will see there are hundreds of people who have networks just like mine. And are trying to do the same thing I'm doing. So um, the the market is being watered down in a big way, and you really have to be able to rise up and be one of the elite few. And even as Calacana says in his blog entry, even then you're never going to get to um, mega scale. You're never going to get to investor size scale. But I I think we've even mentioned before on this podcast that it's never just one thing. You know, we we mentioned already that it's it's advertising. I don't have advertising on any of the videos that I create, and I know they're not technically podcasts, but that's my content creation. Um, and it's I'm not I don't feel that I'm missing anything by not having that. Um, and I don't have plans to add any. It's just not part of the model that I want to pursue. I haven't ruled it out, but it just doesn't seem to fit. And maybe there will be a different enterprise or a different offering that I have that lends itself more to that kind of revenue stream. Um, but I think having having an idea of multiple revenue streams we've mentioned in the past might be a good way to go about thinking about what's next for for your podcast and what you want to do from a revenue perspective. And that's when you get into making money with your podcast mm-hmm. instead of making money from your podcast. So that's where a podcast is one tool or maybe the primary tool. It's the way that people get to know you, but not how they pay you. And uh, in my you know, business decisions, as, as I've sat down and sort of planned out the, the, the expected arc of this company, that's the way I'm going. The, 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 that's why I haven't uh, been aggressive about pursuing advertisers i'm not all that interested in advertising revenue now if the right person offered me the right amount of money for the right message i would certainly take it i'm not going to turn that down but that's not what i'm seeking what i want is for this podcast and the others like it this network to represent my body of work for me to become known for something right and you got to know what that something is Mm -hmm. in my case i have two goals uh, first and foremost, I want to be known as an entertainer, not as a podcast expert. I'm, I'm on this show as a quote expert, but that's not what I want to be. My, I want to be first and foremost, an entertainer. Secondly, I want to be an educator. I want to be one who teaches people about the things about which I have expertise. And my expertise is lies in the technical and in the podcasting. So I want to, for example, uh, in the future, be hired to be a public speaker who is first off an entertainer, but secondly is going to talk to at uh, a, a, a meeting of technologists or a meeting of podcasters. I want to be able to create um, 
online uh, training classes about podcasting. So I'm trying to set myself up as an expert. And, and one of the ways I'm doing that is by podcasting, is doing that, you know, 50 hours a week, doing the work and making every mistake you can make and learning from it and, and moving forward and hopefully proving a track record of this guy know, knows what he's talking about. So in the future, uh, I will offer a product. That product will be, um, for example, uh, a, a certain amount of hours of, of personal coaching from me for people who want to start a podcast. I will teach you how to start a podcast from the ground up, how to buy the right equipment that's not going to be a budget breaker, and how to uh, set up your website and how to set up your um, uh, uh, distribution nodes. So I'm, I'm developing that. And so that the podcast is certainly going to be a, uh, an, um, an avenue for people to see my work, for people to hear my message, but it's not going to be the, the way in which I make my money. It's uh, been a very viable method for uh, podcasters, especially in certain niches. I see this working a lot. There is a niche for internet marketing that constantly has people who use what they know about internet marketing to be able to promote their professional services. So they offer themselves. If you, In fact, they sometimes bundle it in with other things. If you're interested in that, uh, you buy their course, and with their course comes 20 hours of consulting. Or if you don't want the course, you can get the consulting, and here's a, a cost associated with it. It's, it's becoming a more popular method these days, especially because there's now so many ways to do this online so easily. The go-to-meetings of this world and both paid and free versions these days are exceptional in the video and the screen sharing and those capabilities. You can do practically anything now over in the net. You don't have to get on a plane. You don't have to spend time in a hotel room. You can do everything you need just by sitting in front of your computer. I think that more and more niches and more and more people are going to find ways to take advantage of that. Right. Uh, and then aside from the consulting and that sort of stuff is the, is just the, the plain old public speaking. Um, you know, that's, that's my, uh, uh eventual long-term goal. And I, long-term, I mean, Long term, 15 years from now, because I want it to be when my kids, my youngest is now four, uh, when they're all um, somewhat self-sustaining and I have the time, my goal, what I want to be doing, my life plan is to be uh, one of those guys who go, who is hired to be commencement speakers at universities or uh, corporate speakers. Or, or if there's a, a, a large convention uh, in town and they need a keynote for an hour, I want to be on the list of people who do that. That's my goal. So uh, public speaking is really what I enjoy and inspiring and motivating and entertaining and making people laugh. And, and, and when they leave, when they've laughed for an hour, they walk away and think, you know, I actually learned something there. And that's, that's what gets me going. The podcasting, the radio type stuff, the DJing, I enjoy that uh, because I like the gadgets and, and, and it's, I like the communication. But really what I want to do is be in front of people. So that's that's a, a, a way that the, the podcast is, is going to be the, the series of podcasts. The network is a plan is, is going to be my springboard into that environment. Now, some people shrink from that. They are, are, are frightened of that. They're okay with being in a private room in the studio in front of a mic. But if you want to put them on the, on the stage, they're going to run screaming. So that's not for you. Uh, but there, and so you might, you know, want to look more at the making money from your podcast sort of thing. 
Well, and I, of then, course, I, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with that, of course, because uh, in trade shows, I spent many years as a booth babe. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Not many people know that about me, but, uh, but I actually, in a previous life, was a, uh, a company spokesperson. And one, one of the things I did was travel from city to city to city and do public speaking. It was usually a, a 15 minute to one hour gig. You talk about this piece of technology. It was a company spokesperson kind of communication, uh, which means it was, was not at all entertaining. And, and so at times a little painful, much like this show, not at all entertaining and sometimes painful. There you go. See, um, but one of the things I found about it was a lot of fun because you meet so many people, you're visiting a lot of different places. It really can be a nice way to see the world, literally, because I was doing this in Europe. I was doing it in Asia. I was doing it in Australia. I was doing it in the United States and Canada. Um, really a lot of fun to do those kinds of things. Um, and if you're somebody who loves that type of travel and meeting people, plus in, in the case of doing it for yourself, you get to make your own um, schedule so you aren't drug around every week if you don't want to be right. and absolutely viable and you're and you're absolutely right it's very different than sitting in front of a microphone in fact doing a camera having a camera in front of you is very different than sitting in front of a microphone then getting in front of the live people is another experience in itself they all have different connections so you can you can build on each one of those things but uh, certainly a lot of fun and in some cases quite lucrative not, I have a, not for me but for some people quite lucrative <laughs> allegedly i have a friend who uh, sort of a personal mentor of mine who is a motivational speaker you know and he lives in a van down by the river down by the um, river <laughs> but that's that's what he does uh, he uh, he has a day job he works for a university but his uh, his other job that actually makes probably as much or more money is as a motivational speaker. He goes to places and he speaks and, um, and I like what he does and I, and I set out to do it. And I, and I, I think you could probably tell in listening to my voice and those of you who are watching, seeing my face, I get excited when I talk about that prospect. I start, I, I'm a little more animated. I speak, speak a little more quickly, uh, because that, that excites me. The, the, the interaction uh, of being on stage, you know, I've been a performer in one form or another most of my life. Uh, I, I've been a musician, and uh, you know, it's on stage in bands and that sort of thing. And there's a certain, there, it's a, it's a cliche term, but there's an energy there. It really is that um, that you draw from the audience, and that hopefully you're giving back to them as well, and they leave energized. Uh, so that's you know that's where I want to go. But another way you could do it is to um, to use your podcast to hawk your other content. Which James does on this show all the time. In what fact, are you talking that's, about? That's what I invited him on this show to do. That was the hook <laughs> when I said, "Hey, come do the show," and every week you get to you get to hawk your products. So, James, talk a little bit about that—the actual process of doing it or the products themselves, Mark. Oh, of course, I want you to do both. <laughs> the, I, this goes back to having all of these pieces work together. There's um, a friend of mine in California who um, is working her way into getting a, uh, a big ranch. And she wants it to be a ranch where everything sort of blends together. They want to have animals. They want to have olive trees. They want to make wine. It's one of these things where the entire ranch, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the entire year is working together. Um, so the things that you would, um, you would uh, use the, the animals to help 
uh, take care of the vineyards. In return, you've got now also the the taking care of the uh, the olives. You're pressing the olives, which makes the uh, the olive oil that you can then sell to get money to pay for these other pieces. And it happens in this this 24 hour a day, seven day a week, all year long cycle. Um, I see the the podcasting world as really needing to embrace that same concept because you need podcasts, and if you're going to use your podcast to market your 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 other products that's great as long as you have real content there maybe you need like i have video products that i provide for free on professormesser.com or maybe you sell those products as standalone as well maybe you also are providing amazon affiliate links on your website that are products associated with the things that you are selling on your site so they are they're similar to but not completely competing with what you're offering and then you're having all these things work together and you can simply add on other methods to make money from that piece. I think that is probably the one place where where um, it drives me crazy because I see opportunities there. And let's take Leo Laporte, for instance. He has an extremely uh, popular and, um, and lucrative radio show that he does on Saturdays and Sundays. That's a standard AM, FM radio broadcast to the United States and elsewhere that he does to many affiliates and that brings in revenue. And I think he answers a lot of great questions there that if I could take those questions and bottle them up and make them into a separate video or make them into a blog post and put ads around them and offer a, a, an a Amazon product associated with the answer that he's giving, you can you can start to see how all these things work together. You can make make one statement and then have multiple places where revenue can be made from that one statement, one video, one answer to a question. Uh, Stephanie M. in the chat room asks a, a question that I think we could probably both answer in our own ways. What's the motivation behind giving things away for free? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Stephanie. Um, there really, really isn't a motivation, is there? It seems like there wouldn't be a motivation to be giving things away for free. But in reality, that's how we get most of our content today as human beings. If we turn on a television, most of that content is free. If you listen to the radio, that's free music. That's free talk radio. That's free to listen to. But what do they do? They sneak an ad right there in the middle of the show. Right when it gets good, they, they give me an ad for something. Right when you're uh, ready to get the answer to the question on the radio, they, they take a break and cut to an ad. And so online, the same concepts apply, um, especially as you see Google has had amazing success at selling their advertising. So it's very, very common now on the Internet to give your product away for absolutely free and around it, you wrap all of these ads and other pieces so that you have revenue coming from something that is absolutely free. It's really a win-win. You're providing content somebody wants. They visit your site. They see advertising. There's revenue to make from that. So you don't have to, to require that they buy something for you to be motivated to make even more content and begin the cycle all over again. Right. And another way is uh, a fellow you may have heard of uh, by the name of uh, Dan Miller is a writer and, and life coach. Uh, one of his books is called 48 Days to the Work You Love. Uh, and that's that's how he makes his money. He's a writer. Just recently, uh, well, I don't know how recently, within the last couple of years, he created a podcast called the 48 Days Podcast, which, is, which he offers for free. But in the podcast, he refers constantly to his book. 
and and sometimes a podcast is a is a is like a chapter from his book broken out out into podcast format. So the entire podcast that he might have 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 subscribers to is an advertisement for his book. So the motivation there in giving something away for free is that the free content you're giving away is something that you sell somewhere else. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, if you're a writer and you like to write, then, then you know, James has done this. James has a book. He's a published author. But more than that, he has the, the videos. And, and the things that he does are all self-referential. So you, you uh, watch one of his videos about Network Plus, and somewhere in there he's going to mention his A-plus material as well. Um, so it's all it's all a, like he was talking about that farm. Everything feeds everything else. Uh, he you you reference your own stuff, and that gets people interested. And so they all they eventually come back to the content that you sell. So that's a way where you're making money quote with your podcast. So you have a product that you sell, a book, uh, a, a training video, uh, whatever, and then you give away the rest of it. Or in some cases, you could actually give uh, sell the same content. It's not uncommon for uh, people to, writers, to take a blog post, uh, take all their blog posts for a year and compile them into a book and sell the book. Or podcasters will take uh, their podcast content for the year and put it on a CD or if it's video on a DVD and sell that. Then you get people who can get all their stuff. They don't have to subscribe to it anything. They don't have to go back and listen to a week's worth of stuff. It's a convenience you're offering them, but it's a revenue source for you. It's the same content you've already created. If you've already put the work into it, you're just repackaging it and now selling your free stuff. It sounds weird, but it works. People make lots of money selling free stuff. And you have to, you have to keep in mind that the product that you're giving away for free or the product that you're asking people to pay for that you've already given away for free needs to be valuable content. You're not just self-referencing content over and over and over again. You're giving away something that's valuable, some information they couldn't get anywhere else or some information that you've packaged up in a way that's going to help them solve a problem. And as long as you keep doing that, and I think that's where a lot of people in podcasting or a lot of people who want to do internet marketing get tripped up, is they're they're relying too much on I'm doing a podcast because I'm trying to sell the book or I'm doing the podcast because I need to sell ads for Amazon. Whereas what they really should be doing is making really good content that helps people. And if you happen to have an ad in there that takes care of something else, that's great. But the reality is they got the really meaty, juicy part that they can take back with them and use to do whatever they need to do or solve a problem they need to solve. Um, I think that, at least in my mind, that piece is the most important part. I put entire training courses available for free on the internet, hours and hours and tens, and we're getting up to hundreds of hours of content. Almost a thousand videos we're close to of just content for free, but it's got to be good and it has to be something people can use. And unless you do that, you're going to run into a problem when it comes time to looking for the revenue stream. Yeah, and if you're if you're looking for money and not finding it, then maybe you need to examine your content because people only will only pay for something from you that they can't get somewhere else. All right, now you may not have novel uh, information. Nothing that James says on his uh, training videos can't be found somewhere else. So in that case, it's not the content that is uh, proprietary or novel or unique in any way but it's his delivery of that content. So you have to make sure that you're actually, if you want to make money from somebody, if 
you want somebody to pay you for something, you've got to give them something in return. People don't just give you money. Well, it happens, but not as much, not enough to make a living. Off <laughs> it needs of. to happen more. Right. You're not going to make a living just trusting people to give you money. And uh, uh, Leo Laporte, another great example of that. Uh, I think it was in 2011, he said, I'm not going to take money from the podcast anymore. I have a tip jar and I do the radio thing and I'm going to only take money that people give me. That lasted a year and he didn't make enough money. So then he started taking money back out of his podcasts again. So uh, even a guy like him, who is well-known and, and people love, he is beloved, couldn't make as much money as he thought he needed to make just trusting people to give him money. So if you look around and you say, I've been working at this for a while and I'm not making any money, you got to consider that you're not pr- producing any content worthwhile. Now, that can be very, very difficult because in the case of, uh, say, a show that I do uh, called the, uh, the Periodic Table every Thursday night... Uh, 10 p.m. Central Time, or excuse me, Eastern Time. Um, that show is entirely based around content that we pulled off the web. All right, so it's freely available. Anybody else could have gone to the same links we did. The content is our analysis of it. And that has to be good, and it has to be novel, and it has to be, uh, you have to have a way of looking at things that nobody else does or that is valuable in some way. And the, the fact of the matter is, most people don't. I don't think I do. I don't think I would ever make money off of that show. I do it because it's fun. Um, but the, the jokes I make, the observations I make, are not novel enough to make money off of. But you got a guy, uh, Rush Limbaugh, that's all he does for a living. He takes publicly available content and he th- synthesizes it in a way that is unique. And he's built a multi-million dollar empire off of doing that. So you have to you have to know if when you start to, to think about monetizing, how am I going to make money? How am I going to support myself and my family off of this whole podcasting thing? You got to really understand what your product is. And I think a lot of podcasters don't know what their product is. They think I just come and I do a show and people pay me for it. And when that doesn't work, they blame the system. Well, the system's broken. There's no money to be made in podcasting. I think Calacanis to some extent that's what he did. He did it on a much larger scale, but he wasn't producing content that was as valuable as he thought it needed to be. People weren't advertising. People weren't paying. The, the money wasn't coming in. And I'm going to blame the content on that, not the mechanism. He blamed the mechanism, but I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's entirely the case either. Great commentary. Excellent analysis. I, I have lots of lots of things I could add to that. But I think if you go back and you listen to his shows and you see the videos that he's made in the past, some are really good. Some weren't really that good. And um, I, I found myself going to Mahalo, which was his, his video creation um, company, and looking for content that could help me and finding something that should have and being disappointed with the content that I got. And, and that's when my first, because I was really watching this. I really like to see the things that he's doing. Um, and I looked at that because that was very early on when I was creating a lot of my videos. And I thought, this didn't help me. This is not the kind of video I want to make. I want to make something that's different than this. And I think ultimately, and I mentioned this is why I mentioned it earlier, your content has to be good. And I think if it isn't, if you're just trying to mass produce without some type of quality assurance, you're going to run into problems. Right. And um, 
you're not going to hit it out of the park all the time, which is why it's important to develop a, a track record. If I produce a show that is just bad, my hope is that I've had enough good shows that the people listening are going to say, well, that, that just wasn't a good one and, and move on, but that I have a track record of making good shows. Um, but another thing that I think people, um, and, and I'm going to put on my old man pants and say, get off my lawn. I, I think that, uh, the, the, the podcasting internet media, YouTube generation, they tend to be on the younger side. And I think that they're, maybe either unwilling or uh, ignorant of the fact that you got to do the work first. You know, they see a guy who becomes a YouTube sensation overnight. Um, what's the guy, Fred, who talks in a high voice. I love and, Fred. And got a movie deal. Right on, brother. Out of talking in a high voice. Right. And they, they look at him and they think, that's who I want to be. That's awesome. Right? That's a, that's a flash in the pan. That's a lucky shot. He, he had a better chance of being struck by lightning twice on the same day than he did of having the career that he had how dare you sorry that's just <laughs> that's the truth it'd be what it'd be i love me um, some fred and, and that's fine i'm glad that you do but he doesn't do anything that that, that a lot of people couldn't do uh but if you're going to if you're really going to say and, and again we, when we talk about uh podcasting for a living i'm saying i'm going to quit my job and i'm going to do only this and i have three children and a wife that i'm going to support from that I don't, it's not that I have a wife who makes a lot of money and she can support me. No, I'm saying I'm going to make a living with podcasting. If I'm going to do that, I have to have done the work. I have to have laid the the foundation. I have to have acquired the skills and be ready to go. You know, every overnight success story is 10 years in the making and, and people want the overnight success and they don't want to work. This, this, what I'm doing right now, this whole show is me doing the work. And I hope I get better every every week. That's my goal. Uh, and I, I just it, I get a little frustrated when people say, you know, I've been I've put fifty shows out now, and I don't have much of an audience, and I can't get an advertiser. Fifty shows is nothing. Yeah, it's and, nothing. And if forty eight of them are garbage, no, you're not going to get anything out. And I've had people send me clips of of their shows before and say, you know, can you can you give me some advice here? Uh, and you know, how how can I make it better? And, and it's like, really? This is episode 200? It sounds like it's episode one. It sounds like you haven't put any effort into it and you haven't learned anything. And you're still using, you know, the the portable mic that came with your box of Cheerios. You know, you've got to be able to put in the work. And, and that's when you're going to make a living off of it. If you're just podcasting for fun, great. But when you cross that line and you say, I'm going to be a professional in the field of podcasting, that's a whole different game. I think that when when people get into podcasting, that I, I think in many cases, this from talking to people who've done this a couple of times, um, they they don't know what they want to do with it. There is a business part of this. You have to create a business plan for yourself. You have to make a determination of what you want to accomplish in three months, in six months, in a year. And then if you're interested in making dollars from that, you have to list out where those dollars are coming from. This isn't one yeah. of those cases like like the underwear gnomes where step one was steal underwear and step two is a bunch of question marks and step three is success, make money. <laughs> you know, there's that number two part is the hard part. You really have to spend some time 
thinking about how you're going to make that happen. So you you do have to sit down and figure that piece out. It's not rocket science, but you do have to think about where the dollars are coming from and at least have some goals and some ideas. Now, you may go into this, and I love doing this. Just try it out. Let's And what I'm looking to do is this at the end of three months or six months and just run into that brick wall like full steam ahead. Boom. I love that because you're never going to figure it out unless you try different things. You're never going to come out of the gate and have an instant success. You're going to come out of the gate, stumble a little bit, realize where you tripped up, make some changes, make things better, change your model a bit, and then go to the next one. You're going to hit eventually. That that experiment is going to find its way out of the lab, and then you won't be able to stop it anymore. But you've got to keep trying at that piece. Just as a side note, I love uh, watching the chat room which uh, can be anywhere from a 30-second to a two-minute delay between the time we actually say something and it goes through the internet and they hear it and they type in the chat room. And then Stephanie M. types LOL, and I have no idea what she's laughing at, but something amused her, and I'm glad it was very funny. It was hilarious. It was a good thing. I just don't know what it was. Yes. Uh, So that's, uh, I think, James, unless you have any other content, I'm going to wrap up our rant right there. Rant is over. Um, this is, these are two guys here who are in the trenches of trying to make a money, uh, make a living off of creating content. So you better believe these conversations are on our minds all the time. And this is the first conversation James and I have ever had. We just chose to do it in front of you. Um, but you know, when you, uh, say that I'm going to make my living off of this thing. Now we've talked about making money off of it before. But when you say I'm going to make my living off of it, it is a whole different ballgame, and you've got to be willing to step up. And if you're not willing to step up, just keep it a hobby and, and literally don't quit your day job. Ah, okay, now, enough of that. Uh, let's move on to the part of the show where we talk about the lessons we learned this week. And uh, I didn't put anything down there, so I'm going to let James go, and maybe I'll think of something while he's talking. James, yeah. what you learn this week? I, I kind of teased at the beginning of the show about um, about the powers going in and things are happening and boy, look at what's going on. And I think I've been saying this for a month. <laughs> it seems that every time we do a podcast, I talk about what's coming. Um, I have these plans that I put together. I talked about putting together the list of equipment with how much power they will need. Um, and yet it's going so slowly. These things never seem to go as fast as you want them to go. It kind of is a is an overriding or an overwhelming concept that ties back to what we're talking about throughout this entire podcast, which is it never goes as fast as you want it to go. Even when you've got the plan, even when you lay everything out, you've got all of these other people and other resources that you have to work through to make things happen. So this week I've realized I needed to be very patient with the process. Make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. And when it goes slowly and not as fast as you want it to go, that's simply an opportunity to go back and double check your work and make sure that you're heading in the right direction. So I wanted to have a lot more things done. For those of you that have watched the video side of this while we do it live, you know, the camera angle is different because I don't have a camera up anymore where I used to have a camera. Um, there's, there's things going on that you can't see on the camera angle all around me. So um, I have to have that, that Zen moment with myself. Um, I am a vessel of love. I <laughs> am a vessel of love and just keep doing that over and over again. And eventually the world will catch up to how fast I would like it to go. And yeah, all plans should be written in pencil plan 
but write them in pencil. Indeed. <laughs> because whatever, everything you say, everything you think is wrong. That's a, that's a truth of life. Yep. Um, I guess one thing I learned this week is you never know when somebody you've never heard do it before is going to drop an F-bomb in the middle of a podcast. So I've got, I've got a little, little some editing to do, do from that week. previous yes. one. Yes. Um, that was totally out of character, but, uh, it happens. So I don't want the, uh, explicit tag of the show. So I'll be putting that in there. Was it me? So James, not that you haven't done it already, but take uh, 30 seconds and plug your stuff before we end. Oh, it won't take 30 seconds. Just go over to professormesser.com if you're somebody who wants to learn all about technology. I have IT training videos that deal with certifications for A+, Network+, Security+, some new Linux Plus videos, and we're adding new things all the time. You can find that and much more at professormesser.com. And I don't think I've ever done this on this show or any show before. I'm just going to enumerate the other shows that I do. If you if you came here because you're a fan of, of The Professor and he ordered you to come here, uh, as some of you did, and you don't know anything other than what you've seen here, let me tell you a little bit about some of the other stuff I do at elementop.com. We have a show called The Tightwad Tech. Originally, it was a show uh, by and for education professionals, uh, technologists. Uh, I used to work in a school. My partner uh, in the show uh, works still in school, and that's what we talked about. The show is morphing as I get, you know, I'm now six months removed from that life and as things move farther along. But generally, it's about uh, doing things uh, on the cheap, but doing them with quality. We have another show, which is actually the most popular show on the network. It's called Everyday Linux. And the idea there is uh, uh, that there are three hosts and we talk about Linux from the everyday user standpoint. Point. We're not the Uber geeks. We're not going to talk about compiling your own kernel. The idea is to make this uh, operating system that's been around now for 21 years. It's now of drinking age, uh, accessible to the grandmas. Every show we do is aimed at being grandma accessible. Uh, we have another show called one meal, one workout where, uh, the, the two other hosts of the show and myself, uh, are on a journey toward weight loss. The Aaron, it's really his show has lost over 150 pounds and, uh, his cohort Don has lost a hundred. So between the two of them, they lost a fat person. And they talk every week just a frank, honest discussion about what it really takes to live a healthier lifestyle. And the way, if you live a healthier lifestyle, weight will come. Uh, weight loss will come. And uh, it's, it's very honest. Sometimes we just come here and say, you know what? I ate half a cow this week and I failed. And, you know, that's just the way it is. So it's about motivation and about inspiration and uh, about honesty most, in, uh, most of all. And then the other show I just mentioned earlier is called The Periodic Table. It is where, uh, at this point, it's three hosts. It, it uh, moves around. It's different people uh, from time to time. And we take the odd shows of the week, uh, excuse me, odd news of the week, things that we found find from across the globe, and we make fun of stupid people. And it's the most fun show that we do. The least edifying, the least educational, but the most fun show that we do. We laugh for an hour to an hour and a half every week at stupid people. It's schadenfreude at its best, the taking delight in the suffering of others. And of course, probably the best show in the network is called The Art of Podcasting. Uh. Maybe you've heard of it. So I encourage you to go there and you don't have to subscribe to any. I would love it if you did. But if you go to elementop.com, you can simply click on one of the, the uh, links on the left. It'll take you to the latest uh, uh, edition of that show. And you can click the ubiquitous uh, right-facing 
triangle to play the show right there from the website. Sorry, it's a flash thing. If you're on iOS, you're out of luck there. But uh, do check that out, uh, and I would appreciate it. And while you're there, you can also leave us some feedback for this show. There's a contact us button uh, um, conspicuously posted right at the top of the page. Uh, and you, that you fill that out for, for that form out, and it sends us uh, an email, sends me an email, and I forward it to James if it's about this show. I, do, I would appreciate it if you would say which show you're leaving content for. Also, on the very right-hand side of the homepage is they leave us a voicemail widget. You put in your phone number there. Google Voice calls you if you live within the U.S. and Canada, and you can leave us a voicemail, and we will play it on the air. Uh, as I've said many times before, this is listener-programmed content. We listen to you, and uh, we react accordingly. So let us know uh, how we're doing or what you want to talk about. Uh, and a little programming note, we will not have a show next week. That is the uh, the week of Christmas. We would be recording on Christmas Eve Eve, January 23rd, and um, James is not um, available that night. And I'm, I'm going to let him off the hook for that one because he's probably doing some um, fancy um, holiday celebration uh, that the people from his planet do. And uh, so we'll, we'll let him do that. So we won't have a show next week. We will be back after the new year with more stuff and uh, I think that's it I think I've said everything that I need to say I think you have um, oh well one more one other mention elementop.com slash Amazon if you plan to do any last minute Christmas shopping I can make a couple of bucks off of that if you choose to do that I would be grateful and, uh, and as somebody in the chat room noticed yes there is a tip jar there if you just feel like giving me money I'm certainly not going to turn it down so for now, uh, happy New Year. Merry Christmas. This is the last show that we'll be doing for uh, 2012. So uh, it's been great. It's been a great year. This show began in 2012, and and it's been a good year. So uh, thanks for being a listener, James. Thanks for being uh, an always professional host and providing excellent content. Happy holidays, Mark. For now, I'm going to say that ends this episode and this year of the Art of Podcasting.